This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. We're glad to see you, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We're, we're thankful for you and glad that, that you're with us, and, and just uh, happy to have this day to, to, to be able to celebrate with you and, and to celebrate who you are and what you do and you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to think about motherhood and, and what mothers do and what, um, you know, how dependent we are, all are on our mothers for a good portion of our lives. And, and it's just a, it, it's an amazing thing to be able to, to celebrate you. It, um, it makes me think uh, about my own mother, of course, and, and how... Um, you know, how some of the challenges that, that she was up against. I was actually born when she was 16 years old, and that never really hit me, um, even growing up. That never really, uh, even having my, our own children, Suzanne and I having our own children, uh, it never really hit me until I started working in youth ministry. And when I started working in youth ministry, and I started working with teenagers, and I realized that some of these 16-year-old kids here could be my mother, like was, was how old my mother was when, when I was born. And, and that really caught my attention, and it, and it really um, caused me to think differently about the challenge that she was up against uh, in, in, that, in that moment. She was married at 16, had me at 16, and then a year later, the day after my first birthday, my biological father died, her husband died in a car accident, and, and then she was all alone. And uh, thank God for my grandparents um, who really stepped in and, and helped, um, and, and all of that made such a difference. But I can't imagine those questions that may have gone through her mind. And we're going to continue the series called Questions and Answers, and you know, last week, we, or three weeks ago, we, we, we asked the question, who am I? When Jesus went into his own hometown and, and, and there was no respect for him, and, and, he, and the Bible says that he couldn't do many miracles because they just had no faith. And, and you know, it can cause us to question uh, that, that idea of, well, who am I? You know, and what is my identity? And then the next week we talked about who are they? When Jesus sent the disciples out into, uh, you know, into the towns and the villages to, uh, to really preach the gospel, and and as they went, uh, they must have thought they might they they must have questioned their own identity. Well, who are we? You know, to to go and, and to do this and and to have this power that that Jesus has given us. And then last week we talked about what is happening. John the Baptist was in prison and he uh, is wondering, is this the Messiah? Is this the one? And, and, and ultimately he is beheaded. He's killed by Herod. And, and he must have thought, what is happening here? You see, these are questions that we're going to wrestle with in our lives. And, and I thought about this on, uh, on Mother's Day that you know, mothers must think that sometimes when, you know, especially young mothers that are 
that are for the first time responsible for this child and and um, and all of these strange things are happening and and they must think how how can I do this how, how can this be possible I, I think about my own mother at 16 years old looking at this little baby and saying how am I going to care for this baby and then a year later her husband dying and looking at this one-year-old and saying how how am I going to do this how are we going to make this uh, happen and and you know I, I think when we go through our lives as we go through our lives there are many of those moments where we're going to ask that question how how am I supposed to do this how am I supposed to make this happen how am I supposed to be responsible for this and even in this pandemic that we're in and, and there's so many things happening around us and so many things that are unanswered, so many unanswered questions. And, and we can and we can, you know, people will begin to ask us questions or what are you going to do about this and what are you going to bet? And we don't even know how because we don't even know what the circumstances are going to be. With all of these questions floating around, it's really easy, I believe, to be overtaken by fear, by doubt, by um, anxiety, all kinds of different things that could come in, creep in, and the enemy could use against us to derail our lives and derail us from where we're supposed to be going and, and what we're supposed to be doing. And, and, but, but here's what I know. God has a plan. And, and the his plan includes Him. His plan includes that He is with us. And that makes all the difference. There's a, there's a great quote that's... Um, Theodore Roosevelt is given credit for it, but I'm sure that millions have said it before and after him. But it, it's this quote. He said, Do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. And I want to talk to you about that today as we float this question around of how. How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to live into the calling, into the life that God has called us to? Or how am I supposed to take the responsibility for the things that I'm being responsible for now? And, you know, Jesus um, has this moment in, with his disciples after, after they've gone through, they've, they've had this time of ministry where they where they went out and they preached the gospel and they cast out demons and they healed the sick and they did all this and and that ministry really can it can suck you dry it can drain you and, and then they go through um you know the, the 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 emotional turmoil of john the baptist being beheaded and and how that must have affected them and and so jesus wants to give them some rest and in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, he begins, it begins this way. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and, uh, were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come with me by yourselves, to a quiet place, and get some rest. You see, Jesus wants to give us rest. <laughs> he, he wants us to refresh our souls and, and, and to help us to, um, to replenish and, and, and to regain our strength. And, that, and that's important. It's an important thing because when we just run, run, run all the time or we're always under pressure, 
um, it, it can really build up. And, and, and Jesus is wanting to let off the pressure here. But it's interesting what happens um, because that's, the last, that, that's not exactly where they get to go. It says in Mark 6.32, So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many, saw, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got, uh, got there ahead of time. When Jesus landed and saw a, land, uh, saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. It's, it's funny to me that they get in a boat to get away from the crowd. The crowd sees them and the crowd actually runs around the lake faster than they're able to actually sail across the lake and they meet them there. So they, they leave a large crowd and they actually come and land into a large crowd. And when Jesus sees them, remember they were going there to get away from the crowd, the, the noise, the hustle bustle. But when Jesus sees them, he has compassion on them and he has compassion on them because he is like a sheep. He sees them as sheep and he is a shepherd. Here's my point number one that I want to get to is do what you can. When Jesus saw this crowd of people, he wanted to do what he could. You see, when we're overwhelmed with the responsibility of life and we're overwhelmed with all the things that we are called to, here's, here's the rule of thumb. Just do what you can. Do what you can. You will see the need that fits your calling. You will see the need that fits your calling. Jesus was a shepherd and he saw the people as sheep without a shepherd because a shepherd will see the sheep. Jesus was a teacher and he saw the people as students because Jesus was a teacher. You see, whatever your calling is, is how you are going to see the need around you. And when you, when you begin to see a need around you, that's one way to identify your calling. See how you react and respond to that need around you. And when you're a mother, you see a child that is in need. You, you hear the cry. You're aware of it immediately. And because what your calling is, is the need that you're going to see. In Mark 635, he goes on to say, but this, uh, by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is, a re this is a remote place, they said, and it's already late. Send the people away so that they can get, go into the surrounding uh, countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So the disciples want to send this crowd away so that they can go and eat because now it's getting late in the day. Uh, Jesus has been teaching all day. They're tired. They, they want to rest and, and they want to send them away. But in verse 37, it says, Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. Uh, I'm sure that the disciples stopped at that moment and said, uh, say what now? <laughs> How? How are we supposed to give them something to eat? How are we supposed to make that happen? How, how can we pull that off here in the middle of nowhere, in, the, in, the, in this remote place, in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere? How are we supposed to do that? 
Have you ever had that circumstance where you felt like God was telling you that you needed to do something, and you're like, but how? I'm not equipped for that. I don't have the resources for that. I don't know how to do that. How are we supposed to do that? They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we to go and to spend that much on bread and give it, uh, give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, when, when they, found out they said, five and two fish. They had five loaves and two fish that they were able to find. Now, this is a significant miracle. It's, it, it's one of those miracles that you can read it and, and you think, oh, that's a cute Bible story. But here's the thing. This is the only miracle that shows up in all four Gospels. You see, this is the miracle where I believe that God is, is, is giving us or commissioning us with His authority to do what only He can do. Did you hear what I said? He's commissioning us to do what only He can do. It's when the disciples got the bread in their hands and were, and were willing to go out and do what He told them to do that He was then able to do what only He can do. He said, how many, how many, or how, <laughs> He said, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? What do you have? What, what are you holding? Remember we started out saying, do what you can. The second part, with what you have. What do you have? God will call you to meet needs that are greater than your capacity to meet on your own. God will call you to do things that are greater, that are more than you can do by yourself on your own. I, I, I think about my own wife and, and she as a mother raising, um, raising boys and, and, and pouring into them and, and lifting them up. There must have been moments in her life. If you're a mother, there, there, I, I'm sure that there have been moments in your life that you've asked the question, how? I don't have what I need to be able to do this. But God comes alongside and He meets the needs that, are, that, that only He can make, that, are, that, that only He can do, that are greater than our capacity. In Mark 6.39, it goes on to say, Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups uh, on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Third part of that, remember? Do what you can with what you have where you are. Where you are. You see, Jesus sees where you are differently than you do. Jesus told the disciples, when the, when the, when the disciples saw where they were, they saw, they, they saw a remote place. They said, Jesus, we're in the middle of nowhere. What are we going to be able to do here? How are we going to be able to, to, to meet this need here where we are in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, in this remote place but that's not what Jesus saw what Jesus saw Jesus said sit down in the green grass now where's another place in the Bible that Jesus talks about green grass many of us know it by heart is Psalm 
23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, in green grass. He restores and refreshes my soul. You see, Jesus saw this place as a place of refreshing. The disciples are looking at it as a place of enormous responsibility that that was beyond their capacity. And they're asking, how? How are we to do this? But Jesus saw the people and he saw his disciples as as sheep without a shepherd. And, And here he is, the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green grass. And he says, have them sit in the green grass and we're going to shepherd these people. We're going to care for these people. We're going to feed these people. In Mark 6.41, it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and distributed to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of, the, the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. They were all satisfied And there were leftovers for the disciples. Think about that. Jesus took two loaves and five fish and he and he multiplied them. But 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 here's the thing. They didn't multiply in his hands. They didn't multiply when they were in Jesus hands. Jesus took those things and he blessed them. He he thanked God for them and he blessed them. But then he put them into the hands of his disciples. And it was in the hands of his, of his disciples when they when they began to hand out the, the, the bread and the fish that, that, you know, I mean, you can imagine they must have been thinking, oh, my goodness, <laughs> like, uh, don't take much. Right. Don't just take a little just take a little bite here and 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 they started trying to give it and as they gave it away it just began to multiply what they didn't have capacity to do Jesus was able to do through their obedience through their willingness to do what he had called them to do and and as they went and gave it it began to multiply and the miracle happened out of their hands listen I believe that God is calling us as this church to be those who step out with with what we feel like is inadequate. We're asking him, God, how? How can we do what you've called us to do? How can we make a difference for the kingdom? How can we uh, be your ambassadors here? But Jesus isn't worried about the how. He, He wants to know, will you? Will you go? Will you go for him? The Great Commission says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But see, the miracle happens in the going. It doesn't happen like many times we sit back and we say, well, I'll go when. I'll go when I'm ready. I'll go when I'm educated enough. I'll go when I know enough or when I'm smart enough or when I have enough experience. I'll go. No, that's not where the miracle is going to happen. You see, the miracle happens in the going. The miracle happens in the obedience, just like the disciples here. They're holding these tiny little pieces of bread and fish. And Jesus says, now go feed the people. They had to have some questions in their mind. Like, how is this going to happen? 
But they go. And, and as they go, Jesus makes it multiply. You, you, you see, the, the world says things like, don't, don't give too much. Don't do too much. Don't serve too much. You'll run out. That's a scarcity mentality that there's not enough. But God is always enough. He is more than enough. Jesus says this way in, in John 6.35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never go thirsty because he is always enough. You see, we might face circumstances and situations in our lives where we just don't have the capacity. But here's what I, here's what I know. Do what you can with what you have, where you are, and let Jesus take care of the rest. Do what you can with what you have, where you are, and let Jesus take care of the rest. Because when we trust in Him, when we give our lives to Him, when we give our obedience to Him, then He is able to work through us to do what we did not have the capacity to do. What is it that God is calling you? That you've thought about, that you've maybe dreamed about, that you've maybe written down in goals and visions and all of this, but you've had the question, how, stop you. That question, how, can stop you if you leave Jesus out of the equation. But when you know it's God that's calling you into something that's greater than your capacity, but He is with you, thou, now you're ready. He'll take care of the how. You just take care of the go. Go and do. Go and be what God has called you to be. Now we're going to transition into receiving communion together. So if you have uh, the opportunity to grab something uh, crackers or juice, or whatever you have there that you can just use as a reminder. Because even in this story that we see where Jesus is feeding with the fish and the loaves, this is a picture of communion together where He is, he is um, using this bread to thank God, to lift up, and, and He must have had in His mind that this was representing His body. And and as we do that, we remember the words that Jesus spoke on the night that he was betrayed that the Apostle Paul reminds us of in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, speaking of Jesus, he says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we receive the body. We receive that which was given for us as a sacrifice so that we could have communion with God, so that we could have connection with Him. And it's His body that makes that possible. So whatever you have there, receive His body in remembrance of Him. Apostle Paul goes on to say in that same chapter, in this same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When Jesus lifted the cup 
He said, this is my blood. This represents my blood that's going to cover your sin, that's going to wash away your sin. This is what makes it possible for us to have communion with him. So whatever you have there to remember his blood, receive what he has given to you. Communion is a way of inviting us into a relationship with Him. It's a way of reminding us of our relationship with Him. And it's a way of confirming our relationship with Him. It gives us the opportunity to respond to who He is and what He has done. And as we think about this idea of how, how am I to do what I'm here to do? The answer is in Christ. (laughs) Because communion is what reminds us that we are in Christ, that He is in us, that He is always with us, an ever-present help. So all of you mothers who are celebrating today, and we celebrate you, we're thankful and happy for you. We want you to know that in those moments of that you feel overwhelmed, that you feel inadequate, that you feel the lack of capacity, You can do all things because Christ is in you. And it's with Him that we do what we can with what we have, where we are, because He is with us. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a blessed week. And we look forward to being together with you again. Blessings to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.